You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You, you feel this this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there. Well, I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You got to make some phone calls. Hang up the phone. Prank caller. Prank caller. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to Packernet After Dark. This is the call-in show, the Packernet Podcast Network. If you'd like to call in, if you'd like to participate in the show, please feel free to do so. Phone number here is 608-501-0718. New callers go directly to the front of the line. Um, I did record tomorrow's podcast already, and I used some of the calls, so we're kind of going in reverse order. So we're picking up on wherever tomorrow left off, whatever. Just so, um, the only reason I'm bringing that up is because we are we have just crossed into Razul Douglas was traded territory, so we're going to be jumping two feet straight into that uh you know, hornet's nest. And who better to kick us off than our very own Jersey Mike? Hey, Jersey Mike. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm torn, man. Rasul Douglas, man. I didn't, I didn't have high expectations when he came here. Um, but the guy is just a, a, a player. He's a dog, and and then to see him go. Yeah, I mean it's sad. I, I learned to I learned to respect the crap out of him. Um, and I, I, I I'm just I, I kind of see why he did what he did. Um, and and hopefully Rasul goes on with the Bills to to play some really good defense. Yeah, and I hope I hope he gets the Bills to the Super Bowl. I do too. Honestly, Rasul deserves it. Yep. Um. <laughs> I don't know how to feel, man. I'm 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 shocked. Um, I mean, I'm not upset. I'm I'm just saddened. Uh, <laughs> damn it, dude! Oh, this is frustrating. I mean, is this is this what we're doing? Are we taking? Yes. I, I maybe. Um, maybe they were getting rid of who they believed was, hear me out, maybe they thought Sewell holding court that his locker wasn't a good thing, that he was dividing the players against the coaches. I I believe that maybe that could be part of it, but if that's, man, I think that's an indictment of the coaches that a player had to leave. Um, and the player that was the biggest voice in the locker room, it seemed like, is the one to go. <laughs> Man, I don't know what to think. Uh, sad, sad Halloween. Good. I mean, great. We got a third round pick, but, uh, hate to be the bear of bad news, but we, uh, we suck at those. Anyway, go pack, go. 
Yeah, and because I've been saying the same thing over and over again, and will probably continue to say the same thing in the interest of, um, it's not 100% pertaining to what you're saying, but might as well say something different. Um, another thing to keep in mind with Razul Douglas, he didn't become one of our best players or one of our locker room leaders until like five minutes ago. <laughs> Just to be very clear, last year, everybody was kind of done with Razul Douglas, and I had to convince people that, no, he did like, supposedly he just fell off a cliff last year and I had to remind people you know and again maybe maybe he did I don't know but via PFF he really didn't he was about as good he just didn't have the picks which is kind of what people knew about him right that first year um so he wasn't one of our standout players and I think it has more to do with nobody else stepping up like you know Jair playing not super great partially probably due to injury um and just really not having anybody else in a bad season he kind of stands out as a star because he's one of the few that hasn't like fallen off a cliff. But, you know, I I think we have elevated him to like martyr status where he suddenly is this elite football player and is this massive leader. And it's like, Razul wasn't a leader two weeks ago. Like this, this thing where he's this, you know, big central piece of our team came because of that one story, that one time where he was talking to people after the game. So, I don't want to downplay it too much, but I also think that some of this is getting a little bit blown out of proportion where it's like, oh, he's always been one of our best. He's always one of, been one of our best. No, he, he's he's been good. Um, he's been good this year. He's one of the few that hasn't seemingly just completely fallen off a cliff. And um, yeah, I mean, he he had a, a moment of leadership, which is great to see. I do think he's a good player. I think he's a good dude. I think he's a good guy for the right locker room. But um as I said to Chris from Alabama just a few minutes ago, which you'll hear tomorrow, the um, you know the, the the question becomes: Let's just throw a hypothetical at you and say, what if I came to you as the GM and said, "We're done. Uh, we're it's time to move on and start focusing on rebuilding this team. We may need a new coaching staff. We will likely need a new quarterback, and we got to start from scratch." And then the Bills call you and offer you a relatively premium pick. I mean, first round is is massively premium. Second and third, even though I know Packer fans hate third round picks, still second and third is those day two picks. We're talking top 100 picks. They're still extremely valuable. They offer you that for a player that you know is probably not going to be a part of any kind of Packers Super Bowl run. What what is your What is your process here? No, I don't feel like it because people will be upset. Will, will they be less upset when you let Razul go next year? Will they be less upset when you let Aaron Jones walk because it's just not in the cards or Preston Smith or David Bakhtiari? Are they going to be happy with those decisions? Probably not. So should we just resign them because they're going to be sad or what do we do? You know, um, I, 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 I'm not saying you can't make a case for keeping Razul, but I think it's a, I think it's a stretch to assume that Razul turning down draft capital to keep a guy that is very unlikely to be a part of a rebuilt Packers team. I don't necessarily understand the, uh, the thought behind that, I guess. Hello. Caller number five here. Hey. Um, so yeah, I'm sure you're getting a ton of calls about Rasul. Yeah. Uh, I think this is an interesting robot beauty, uh, moment here. Yes. He seems to be really good with trades, maybe not so good with people. Um, and honestly, given the results of this season, 
he is not very good at roster building, uh, I have to say at this point. He has failed at building a roster that's capable of doing anything to this point, uh, clearly. I mean, you look at the drafts that we've had, and it's been some some big hits, but a lot of misses as well. Uh, too many misses to make up for that that we don't we just don't have the talent to uh, overcome right now. And so this is the classic robot Goody where he doesn't have feelings, doesn't consider what this might do to the locker room, doesn't consider how uh, the players might actually feel, which is again it's a fine line, right? Like because you because you can be fine with it. I understand the move is what I'm trying to say. I understand the move. It makes sense in quotes, but I feel like you lose your locker room here. And uh, if this is not going to happen, right, I'm just going to say it again, this is not going to happen, but I wish that the picks he just got were for a different guy. Um, but it's, like I said, not going to happen. I'm just curious what you think about him being a robot having hurt us here and if you think he's also been a failure as a roster builder given the results we've seen so far i know it's only week seven but still anyway have a good one bye well there's a couple different things um i still like the roster and i think pretty much everybody liked the roster it's why we all thought we were going to win 10 11 12 13 games this season um I don't think it's necessary for us to assume that the players and the scheme and everything else is bad all at the exact same time. Um, The reason I have optimism is because you can pick almost any single player and I can point to a time where they showed a lot more promise than what we're seeing right now, which would not necessarily indicate a bad player or a bad pick or a bad addition to the team, but would instead indicate, for example, you know, the, the, we're not seeing Aaron Jones partially because he's hurt, right? We're um, not seeing anything from the quarterback, largely because, in my opinion, the quarterback is playing really bad football. We're not seeing things from the wide receivers, I think, is largely because we have a pretty bad quarterback right now. Um, and our defense isn't performing, in my opinion, largely because we have a really bad defensive coordinator. Um, so it really just comes down to a question of, which players do you think are good players that are not having their talents maximized and which ones are just bad picks? Like is Jair a bad pick or did he have like three bad games probably because he's injured? Is Rashawn a bad pick or is he just not on the field because he's injured? Is Lucas Van Ness a bad pick or has it just been a couple games? Is, um, you know, I, I mean, you know, you just go down the line. Like is, is Quay a bad pick? Or is he just not being maximized? Is Devondre Campbell, was he a bad pickup? Or is he just not being maximized? Jair, and was Razul, but it's not anymore. Uh, Savage, he was a lot better until Joe Barry got here. Um, you know, Rudy Ford, is he a bad player? I don't think so. Is it just, it's just not working, right? Um, uh, Rashid Walker, I mean, it's a pretty good pick, all things considered, being a seventh round player and probably will be replaced. Elton Jenkins, good player, but not necessarily seeing him at his best right now. Josh Myers, nobody likes him, but I can tell you he's playing as a pass blocker really well, and his run blocking has sunk well below what he's capable of. Uh, John Runyon, exact same thing. Zach Tom is not playing up to his potential. A.J. Dillon is playing below his potential. Uh, Aaron Jones, again, is injured. Christian Watson, below his potential from what we've seen. Romeo Dobbs is playing below what we've seen at his best. Um, 
Reed and Musgrave are rookies. Uh, and Jordan Love, you know, I, I just, again, I have not really seen him play very well, period. You know, the other thing you can look at is 2021 was a pretty good football team. And we liked a lot of the players that we now say were bad picks. I'm not going to be as quick as a lot of people to just say, never mind, they suck. Anybody that says it was just Devontae and Aaron Rodgers have no idea what they're talking about. So I would like to see what happens with a better coaching staff and a better quarterback before we burn all these picks to the ground. Now, we can all agree on some of the picks, but if we get into the ones that we all agree on, suddenly it's not a very bad hit rate. It's a pretty standard hit rate, I would say. As far as the locker room stuff, the locker room's already gone. That's part of the reason why we need a new coach. They're playing uninspired football. They're playing unmotivated. They're unprepared. This is not a, a locker room that is inspired that we, we are about to lose something. We never had anything. So what, what is the thing that we had with Razul in the locker room that we don't have anymore? Nothing. That's number one. Number two, Razul is going to be gone anyway. Should we do it now? Should we do it next year? Should we do it the year after that? Like, at what point is it okay to move on from these players? Same thing is going to happen to Aaron Jones at some point. The only option is you either do the responsible thing and you let him go, or you do the irresponsible thing and you keep him on because people will be sad if you don't. And I don't think it's true you're going to lose the locker room. I think they're grown adults that understand how this business works and they're going to move on, just like happened with when we moved on from Jordy Nelson. It's not like the team just collapsed. And Jordy Nelson was a much more core, pivotal piece of this franchise than Razul Douglas ever was. They moved on from Jordy and we just moved on. Everybody that, that, that was on this team, for the most part, got moved on from at some point. It's just, it's what happens. And if they really wanted Razul to stay, you know what they should have done? Won football games. The reason that the Packers continued to pay Razul was because of a belief that this team could still compete. The reason that these guys, the reason that they worked out a deal with Aaron Jones is because they believed that this team could still compete. And they decided that they weren't going to show up. They weren't going to put on a performance. They weren't going to do their jobs. And as a result, this is now a selling team. This is now a tanking team. This is now a team that needs to refocus its efforts and its assets away from the present and toward the future. That is a direct result of the play that's taking place on the field. Despite the GM putting his faith in the organization and the players, the players have let the team down. They've let each other down. They've let the fans and the coaches and the GM down. And now the GM has to do what is responsible and move on. That's the right thing to do. And again, a lot of people seem hung up on the emotion part as though, you know, you need to focus on the emotion. I think that's that's craziness. Now, you can try to do it with as much compassion as possible, which I think that is also massively overblown. The fact that he got a phone call. I mean, there, there are some very obvious factors that need to be brought into this. But again, we don't want to think or be rational. We just want to lash out. Like, for example, you got about 15 minutes until the trade deadline is over. You don't know where Razul Douglas is. And the second that you agree to this trade and hang up the phone with the Buffalo Bills, you are on the clock and you got about 30 seconds before Razul Douglas finds out from Adam Schefter that he's been traded. So what are you going to do? You should probably call up Razul Douglas and tell him real quick before he finds out from social media or from somebody that's that's somebody of his that's texting him like, bro, did you see this? If you want to get out there in front of this and talk to Razul Douglas, you don't have time to go searching all over the place and seeing, hey, is Razul in the Doug, uh, Razul in the building? Where is he? Oh, can you can you drive into the facility, please? Oh, he's already here. Can somebody go find him and have him come up to the office for? Him? You got to just tell him. I mean, they make these calls all the time. Every single day, somebody's being removed from the practice squad, added to the practice squad, removed into the team. And I know Razul is a special case because he's done more than that. But again. 
how is it going to look for Brian Gutekunst now if if Razul Douglas says, oh, I found out from Adam Schefter? Then people are really going to lose their mind. But we don't want to think about these things. We just think, you know, it should have been, you know, uh, this this big, wonderful process where rose petals are laid out and he walks in and everybody's on their knees weeping and wailing. And it's like, well, you know, somebody else, would that, that guy with the Giants, well, my GM told me that that they were shopping me and everything. Well, they weren't shopping them. So there's nothing to tell them. It was, they got a phone call. They agreed. They were on the clock. You got 30 seconds to tell Razul before social media tells them. That's it. There's no locker room to save here. And, you know, that's, that's part of what needs to be rebuilt. Now, if you, if Razul was 24 years old, he, he's a great person to stay. Razul is going to be 28. He's going to be 30 by the time you get this thing potentially squared away. Again, we can disagree on whether or not, may, who knows, maybe he can play till he's 33 and he still would have been a good veteran piece. I don't know. But there isn't a ton in Green Bay right now that you can look at and say, this is pivotal. We need this. Because if it was doing anything, we'd maybe see some fruits. This isn't a good locker room. This does not have good leadership. There is not good energy or anything in Green Bay. What did we lose? I know the talent on the field. I get that. What did we lose in the locker room? Because 10 seconds ago, we all said that the locker room was garbage. I've said it before, I'll say it again. He, the GM needs to be a robot, number one. Number two, the GM needs to be willing to be the bad guy. Because if you're not willing to step up and take all the heat from all the fans who want to talk about, you know, it's not nice and it's not polite and it's, you know, it's going to hurt people's feelings and everything else, you are going to ruin this team. Because sometimes it's necessary. And sometimes you, you put in the calculation and it comes out that the best option is to trade them away. And when that happens... You have to be willing to be the bad guy. You have to be willing to be the guy that does the thing that everybody hates, that the fans are going to hate, that the players are going to hate, that the coaches are going to hate. But you know what? Your job is to do what's best for the team. And if this is what you think is the best thing to do, then you do it. Hey, it's Aaron. So, Claire, I just uh, saw that Rasul Douglas got traded. And um, my first response was, oh, no, that's a really good player that I really like. Um, so my initial thought is um, I wouldn't be mad if this, the Buffalo Bills won the Super Bowl this year because I'd be able to root for at least uh, Rasul to have a good year because he's been such a such a valuable player for us and really root for him. Um, so yeah, I wouldn't be mad if the Buffalo Bills finally won a Super Bowl and this was the year. Um, yeah, otherwise, looks like they're really thinking about rebuilding, um, now that they've had such a bad start. And so, uh, I guess that's where we're at. Yep. Maybe, uh, my other thought is maybe us as fans didn't um, maybe we overestimated the continuity that this team would have over this from last year to this year uh, in terms of quality of play. Um, they've obviously uh, well, the fans and the team. I think I think Matt Lafleur and Brian Gutekunst. I think everybody expected better results, and um. Again, I think that's how we ended up in this situation because they're looking at it going, this is this is obviously not going to work, so we need to do something else. Dropped off quite a bit, and yeah, I don't know. I think 
Um, the Aaron Rodgers era, I think there was a lot of kind of uh, baggage that, you know, the locker room carried with them um, out of Aaron Rodgers' tenure, uh, whether that was just the, the way they played with Aaron Rodgers as the quarterback or the attitude or um, just kind of, I don't know. It just seems like um, it, it just ain't, it's not working. Um, and so they obviously seem to be going, all right, time to start thinking about next year. Um, yeah. So anyways, um, I guess every game this year will just be kind of a evaluation. Just think of it as a really long, drawn-out, frustrating preseason. Yeah, and I can't, you know, I can't put it on Rodgers necessarily for the the funk that we're in, but I will say that the team hasn't been able to find a new identity, right? Aaron Rodgers has been the team's identity forever. And this year we came in and it was, you know, I, I, I don't exactly know. I, I guess just, you know, there there is no like central figure. It's just, we're going to run our scheme and, and you're going to listen to what I say and we'll see how it goes and it's not going well. Uh, but whether that means a new coach or a new quarterback, there needs to be an identity for this team and, and they have not been able to find it. And uh, that that needs to be a very important part of the process moving forward, not just players, because I think we have a lot of players and they're not playing. And throwing players at the problem is not going to fix it unless you can fix the the culture and the identity and, and that kind of stuff. They need something to build around. They need something to rally around. And for a while, it was Jordan Love, right? For a while, it was they really liked Jordan Love a lot. And Jordan was playing well, and they responded really well to that. But as things have turned south, I think the locker room turned really quickly. And um, it's just, it's kind of going downhill pretty rapidly. The locker room is is falling apart. The attitudes of the guys are falling apart. And um, everything's just kind of breaking at the seams. So that that would be, for me, I think one of the core things that they need is to find a new identity post-Aaron Rodgers. But um, I don't think we've taken a break yet. Why don't we take our first break? Patreon.com forward slash back underscore daddies. We can support the podcast. We'll be right back. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. 
That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. What's going on? It's Omar the Firefighter. How y'all doing? Um, so it's Halloween and I haven't really been on social media at all today. I went in and posted a picture of me dressed as a Ninja Turtle. Nice. Um, got a actual like Ninja Turtle hat, or I shouldn't say hat, but like head from the movie, from mm-hmm. that 1990 movie, it's 1989 movie, um, with Donatello. Looked just like the real deal. I didn't want to buy the rest of uh, <laughs> the, the costume <laughs> of the head, so I got like a Ninja Turtle t-shirt on, long sleeve Donatello t-shirt. And that was it. I had not been on social media, and then I just said, let me go look on social media real quick. And I see we traded with Sue Douglas. And it's confusing. Well, I should say I'm surprised because I was listening to podcasts and agree with you that he's one of the key people that you should build around. He, he's playing excellent. Yeah. He's a good leader. You know, it made perfect sense why you would keep Sue Douglas. Um, and he's just balling. He's just playing pretty good. So we trade him for a third round pick to the Bills, which is going to be a late third round pick. But then it dawned on me, and I just want everybody to know this is why we did it. So if anybody was confused, it's why we did it. It is to get a quarterback. And you're like, well, what are you talking about? So they're basically like, hey, we need a quarterback. We're going to have anywhere from, I don't think we're going to have the first of all pick. We're going to have anywhere from the second to the ninth, I would think. Even tenth, but I'm pretty sure the ninth will hire. I don't know what Carolina gave up to move up, because I think they were at 11th to go number one. But basically, we got two second-round picks. Now we got two third-round picks. Uh, with our first round pick. So it's like, we're going to trade our first round pick, trade probably both of the seconds to move up, depending on how we got to go, or one of the seconds and one of the thirds. And Luke likes draft picks, so if he has to give up a first and two seconds, or first, second, and third to move up a couple spots to get a quarterback, it is what it is. Um, and I feel like that's what they're doing. So if that makes any comfort, I guess it's a good pick. All right, go back, go. Yeah, and, and I mean, and again, you can make an argument that Razul can be a piece that you can build around, uh, depending on how long you think Razul can continue to play this way. I think he's 27, so you figure, you know, he could play three, four, five years or whatever. If you assume that he can play at this level for a long time, I don't really know. That's 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 a separate argument in terms of um, where maybe it would make sense to, to hang on to the guy. Um, but similar to what you said, and and you you made a 
Um, pretty identical call to what Chris from Alabama's second call was. You'll hear it on tomorrow. But um, what one of the things that I've said, and, and Gutekunst did this before, it was less drastic, but he did it in 2018. And I mentioned it. Teams don't really tank. Players don't tank. Coaches don't tank. But owners slash GMs can and probably do. And the point is, you never ask your team not to succeed. You always, and Gutekunst did this when he went to the, the press conference. He's like, yeah, I, I expect to win. I expect to da And the media was all upset about it. Like, well, how, how could you say win after you just... Bro, <laughs> you're always expecting your guys to go give their best. But here's the thing. If you want to tank, you make it more difficult to do so. Right? It's like you want your car to come in last you know if you got a race car and you want it to come in last place because you get to draft engines or something stupid i don't know dude i'm making stuff up and you puncture a tire and you're like all right go out and win it's like what are you talking about you want me to come in last no no i want you to do the absolute best you can i'm dead serious i want you to drive the absolute best you can and i i want you to try to win i do I, i want you to go out there i want you to give it your best but i also made it almost impossible that you're not going to be dead last in this race. You will be. So, you know, I I know the the quarterback thing is a touchy thing. I think most of the fan base is still very much on the Jordan Love train, and I don't have a problem with that. I I am very skeptical at this point. But I I do believe, it's why I'm going to keep saying it, I do believe the GM has assessed the situation, and I do believe that the GM is is not, at the very least, not sold on, on Jordan Love. And I do believe that he's looking at the situation and realizing that if you get in the top three of picks, you're, there's a good chance that you're going to walk out of there with one of the better quarterbacks that's come into the draft in, in a while, certainly better than any of the quarterbacks from last year's draft class. If you don't, then you're not getting a quarterback. You're going to stick with Jordan Love, and you're maybe going to get like a tackle or something, which is not really going to fix anything because you already have one of the better pass blocking lines. Maybe he's a better run blocker, but that's, I mean, one out of five is not going to make you a good run blocking offensive line. But, you know, it's a piece, and then, you know, you just do what you can with the rest of the picks, I guess. But, um, I mean, one of these is transformational. One of the situations I laid out for you can you can rebuild a franchise quickly the other is kind of just nibbling around the edges a little bit so you know i'm not saying that it was necessarily that devious but it certainly had to be in the back of his mind in terms of the calculus of what he's doing whether it was the right thing or the wrong thing to do he has to know that it makes it harder to win this year which he knows means he's going to be getting a higher pick which he already knows i mean we're sitting at what pick six right now Carolina just got a win. The Bears are starting to win. I mean, we have we are essentially one win away from the number one pick. Now, I mean, that's I don't know how this is all going to shake out when it's all said and done, but we have one more pick than the worst team in or one more win than the worst team in football. The only reason we have the sixth pick is because none of the teams in front of us who also have two wins have had their bye yet, so they have one more loss than we have. There are only two teams with less wins than us: Carolina and Arizona, and that's it. So I, you know, I, I, I would be surprised if that was his sole focus because he could have traded away a lot more people. But did that help sway as far as being a positive? In other words, is it more of a positive or a negative that it's going to hurt us this year? It's probably a positive. Obviously, would never say that out loud as a GM. But you know, in the back of your mind, you know full well that it's possible 
and I, you know, I don't know what the current evaluation of Caleb Williams is, but let's forget like those couple bad games he had. And let's go back to that time where we all thought Caleb Williams is the best quarterback to come out since frickin' Andrew Luck. You're telling me as a GM, you're not thinking I am one Razul Douglas trade away from drafting Caleb Williams to the Green Bay Packers. You're not slightly interested? I'm just saying. Hey, it's Jimmy. I think I got it. I think I figured it out. You know how um, how we were always hoping and, and asking quarterbacks to uh, throw receivers open? Well, unfortunately, right now, Jordan is throwing receivers closed. Correct. That's what it comes down to. These late throws, these uh, short throws, all the things you keep uh, describing in such great detail. Effectively, what he's doing is throwing receivers closed. Right. They might have been open, and if you threw it right, they might have been even a little more open, uh, or these 50-50 balls wouldn't quite be 50-50 balls. You know, they were, they'd be like 70-30 balls, but the way he's throwing them, they turn into 30-70 balls. Exactly. So <clears throat> that is, sorry, lots of traffic driving around me. Um, that is um, my summation, uh, my simple, my uh Tying it with a nice little bow, he is throwing receivers closed. And, uh, you know, if he can change that, then it sounds like we'll be in pretty good shape. Go back, go. Well, that's the other thing that annoys me with this whole 50-50 thing. First of all, it's it's a non-starter because we shouldn't even be talking about it because he was open. And the fact that he's not open anymore means it was a bad throw, period, end of story. I don't want to hear about the rest of it. The fact that he should have been bailed out, bullcrap, play better. But even on top of that, this is not your standard 50-50 ball. Most 50-50 balls is you have a defender running for his life, trying to jump and time a jump when he can't see the football coming. You look at that Christian Watson throw in the end zone, you've got two defenders. It's a Hail Mary. It's a freaking Hail Mary. With two defenders turned around, standing still, watching the ball come in. That's not a 50-50 ball. That's not even a 30-70 ball. When you have two defenders watching the ball, that is a Hail Mary. Why are you throwing a Hail Mary on like third down? Well, because the ball was so unbelievably late, it just kind of turned into one. But pretending that's just like a a, a general run-of-the-mill 50-50 ball with two defenders watching the ball come in and having a defender perfectly time a punch right into your hands right as the ball comes in because, again, he's watching it come in. That's not a 50-50 ball. That's not what everybody else around the league is getting when you talk about everybody else just holding in these 50-50 balls. No, that's receivers jumping up watching the ball come in as the defender just kind of jumps and flails his arm around hoping for the best. That's a 50-50 ball, and it's not even caught 50% of the time in those situations. But you're right. It, it's, it's, it's a non-starter for me to begin with because I don't want to hear that lame excuse because these guys are open and you're throwing them closed. That's exactly what's happening. Ryan. Kyle from Madison. How's it going, man? Good. It is uh, Wednesday. Um, the Packers traded Russell Douglas yesterday. I uh, I actually didn't even hear about it uh, until this morning. Um, just saw a blip on my phone. I have not listened to any of your reaction or any. I mean, I can just. I don't even need to go look on whatever we're calling that thing people <laughs> write on. No, you really don't. You know what's happening. Whatever. I don't do it. I don't even need to. I know what's... I already know what's being said on there. Right. Um, So I'm interested to hear everyone's reaction. But, you know, while i got a clean slate in my mind, I guess I just wanted to call in and say, you know, as somebody that I actually left this weekend 
a little bit optimistic on, well, more offensively than anything else. I just, I do think they're going to put it together. Yeah. I'm not going to get into that again. But as far as what Brian Gutekind thinks, I think we just found out. Well, and that, honestly, Kyle, that is exactly the takeaway that we needed to know. That is the most important piece. That was my very first takeaway. And it's the part that I think we should all be focused on. And it's the part nobody wants to be focused on. The question is, the question has always been, what is Brian Gutekunst's assessment of the situation? Because we want to try to figure out, yeah, it's great that we can kind of have our own opinions. That's that's nice. But we, we're not the ones that make the decisions. Finding out what's going to happen next year has to do with what does Mark Murphy think of of Brian Gutekunst? What does Brian Gutekunst think of of Matt Lafleur? And what are they? Uh, what is the assessment of the team? What is their assessment of Jordan Love and giving him an opportunity to win and and all these different things? We just got a really really big message from Brian Gutekunst, and nobody wants to talk about it. All we want to talk about is that was mean, and this is da 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 da. da. I okay. I guess we're missing the forest for the trees here. What Brian Gutekind thinks. And Brian Gutekind doesn't think very much no. of what's going on right now. And again, my, my assessment of Brian has always been that he is just a stone-cold serial killer. He's a robot, as uh, was put earlier by, I think, caller number five. Um, which, I mean, could be a positive or negative depending on your determination. But the, the point is that goes to further inform what's happening right now. He watched it. And he has no compassion <laughs> whatsoever. You had an opportunity. We, we decided we weren't going to just tear this thing down after Rodgers left. We're going to try to do a soft rebuild or whatever you want to call it. See if you guys can get it done. And I'm sitting here watching. And um, okay, good enough. I just got done watching. Uh, I'm trying to watch like popular movies. I, I've got uh, Untouchables queued up right now, which I haven't seen. But I just got done watching Whiplash earlier today. And um, Brian Gutekunst reminds me of that like drum teacher. I don't give a crap. You produce or you're a piece of garbage. Remember when the, the beginning part where he's in there drumming and the guy walks in and he's just grilling him and he tells him to do something and he's like, all right, and he tries to do it and the guy just walks out. Just done. Like, okay, no, you suck. And left. He comes back in for a second. He's like, oopsie, forgot my coat and walks out. That's Gutekunst. Like he just sat there patiently watching to do your best and they ran into each other like a bunch of freaking morons for eight weeks and Goot just grabbed his coat and walked out said i've seen all i need to see period and it's basically like everybody just got their pink slips like it's done they're moving on game over that is the big story here you know we want to focus on a phone call and aaron jones cried and it's like okay we are not not seeing three days later we're still talking about this nonsense like okay well I guess if that's what you took away from this, then then that's what you took away from this. That's not what I got from it. Oh, um, that seems pretty clear. Yeah. You know, I, I do I have a problem with them trading him? I mean, I he was probably playing. He was playing some of the best football on the defensive side, right? On the whole team. But then again, that makes him one of the few guys worth something. Exactly. And that, that's the other part that I've been saying, which is, he's good. What are we getting out of it? Nothing. Well, he's a leader. We have leadership in the locker room? What's that producing? Well, he, he has a good attitude. Oh, so what, what's that producing? It's nothing is being, it's not doing anything. Razul Douglas 
is a working battery in a broken toy. Right? It's like, well, the, the battery works. The battery works. Yeah, and I, I gave it to some other kid to put in that toy. Well, why would you give it away? It's a working battery. Bro, the toy is broken. We can't do anything with the battery. It doesn't power up. If somebody wants to give me a buck for a battery, I'll give it to you. I don't care. Take it. You can have it. Or a little little G.I. Joe, a little one of those little green plastic army men. Like, I'll give you an army man if you give me that battery so I can power up my race car. Like, here you go. Take it. A little 9 volt. Can't believe you gave away a perfectly good 9 volt for a freaking little green army man. Now what are we going to do? We need a new battery. No, we need a new race car. It's broken. The battery doesn't do anything. All that leadership got us what? A leadershipless team. A, a, a team with no motivation, no preparation, no energy, no effort, nothing. So what's the point? Well, they're going to be upset. What, more than they already are? Well, they're going to be less motivated. More than they already are? Or less than they already are? They had their opportunity to prove that they give a crap. That, has, that time has come and gone. And now we get the sob story? If you wanted them to stay, you should have put in some effort prior to this. This is on you. You want green bet? You want Razul and green and gold? Win! If you had won games, he'd still be here. Put it on the GM. What are you talking about? <sighs> Whatever. You know? So that, yeah, that sucks. Uh, I don't want to lose uh, one of my favorite players on defense. But I also get it. I mean, this is about as... Gutekind doesn't think what's going on. The product on the field isn't good enough. Right. Um, it couldn't be more obvious. So, well, I'm still optimistic that this offense can get it figured out and actually play some clean games maybe eventually this season. Uh, Gutekind is enough. Um, he doesn't care, at least as far as, you know, taking our medicine now. Get off Razul next year. I don't know what the cap numbers are, but I'm, I'm guessing they're probably double-digit millions. I don't know. I mean, that's what it looks like to me. They're probably trying to get off his contract next year also. Get a little something in return for a team that's clearly going nowhere. So, I mean, that should be an eye-opener for people. I don't know how well they're going to accept that, but, you know, the person managing this team is telling you, in case you didn't already know, we know we probably should have, um, you know, this ain't the year. <laughs> We're going to keep... I mean, man, does this guy have brass, you know what, and a stomach-like feel. Right. Cause right. He, he, I'll give him this. He's sticking with his, his process come hell or high water. So, all right. Talk to you later. And that is that is a requirement of the job. Have the freaking brass, you know what, to face the music and do what you have to do, no matter how po- unpopular it is. Here's another thing since we're trying to focus on saying things that I haven't said already 10 times. Getting a new GM doesn't fix this. You know why? Because there isn't one freaking GM in the entire planet who's going to turn down that deal in this situation. There is nobody, there is not a single GM that is going to say, nah, we're going to keep pushing here. We're going to keep trying. The only GMs that are going to do that are teams that have owners who are worried that if I, if we lose, if we lose, I lose my job. And so they're deliberately doing the wrong things, not, not because of the benefit of the locker room. They couldn't give a crap. They're trying to save their jobs. 
So they're, what they're actually going to do is they're going to go out and buy, kind of like you know the Bears, who are a crap team, who are going to go out and buy because they're incompetent. But you've got all these, these teams out there that are worried that if, if we put together another bad year, I could lose my job. I'm talking about any GM worth their salt would understand that this is not a buying team, it is a selling team. It would understand, based on the product that has been put on the field through eight weeks, that this is not a team that is benefiting from having a Razul Douglas. They're, they're, it, changing the GM doesn't change this. Nobody out there is keeping players out of the goodness of their heart. That's not a thing that exists. Nobody is going to do the wrong thing because of what it does for the locker room. Who's doing that? When have you ever seen that? You think Bill Belichick does that? You think Bill Belichick is, is out there like, yeah, it's time to tear this bad boy down, but boy, oh, Johnny Butler over there sure is popular with the boys. I guess we'll keep him around. Of course he's not doing that. Nobody is doing that. So if you don't like GM, or the GM based on his drafting ability or his scouting ability or whatever it is, fine. You think the team being where it is is his fault? Fair enough, fine. But if you think we need to move on from, from him because he moved on from Razul Douglas, you're going to be miserable because there is nobody that has ever been or ever will be a GM that's going to look at this situation and go, yeah, he's a pretty nice guy and he's got great character, so let's just keep him around at stage one of a complete rebuild. We'll keep him around just for years, just to be a mentor to everybody that comes through the door, and that's what we're going to pay him for. <laughs> Come on, man. Let's take our final break. We'll be right back. Hey, Ryan. Remember when we were watching the postgame show and Sean Gary was jumping around screaming, stop playing with him, stop playing with him? Man, that feels like a long time ago, don't it? Go back, go. Yeah, and I, I think uh, maybe Jordan took that a little bit uh, a little bit literally. He wasn't telling you to stop playing. I mean, I understand. Sorry, I turned my mic down. I understand that Rashawn Gary's an intimidating guy, but he wasn't screaming at you to stop playing. I'm just saying. Maybe some confusion there. Hopefully Kyle's right that this is where we're going to turn it around. Uh, Jordan, if you're listening, Rashawn does not want you to He wants you to, you know, freaking do it up, man. Bears game all over again, right? Second half, what we give us that through four quarters, bing, bang, boom, we're good to go. You know what I mean? We'll see how it goes. What's going on? It's Omar Firefighter. How y'all doing? Hey, I'm calling uh, for two things. One, um, I, I know the season is not over, but I just wanted to let people know. Right now, currently, they have us in as far as the draft. I think we're like the seventh pick right now. And I'm like... I'm looking to see if teams are worse than us. That's going to pick before us. They got Denver at number six, but Denver beat us. So it's kind of like, are they really? Denver's at nine now, and we're at six. So, boom. They're worse than us. And then Las Vegas is number eight. They will pick after us, but they also beat us. So it's kind of like, uh, I don't know. So we could be anywhere from four to nine, I'm assuming, um, unless we like win straight out. So, I did the calculations, and let's say if we pick ninth, which, uh, you know, I'm not going to lie, I kind of want to pick higher so we can get what we need, but if we pick ninth, if we trade that pick, the first pick, the first pick in the second, and the first pick in the third, we can go from nine to basically almost to three. It will be over the number four picks, I'm assuming we probably have to trade a player with that. It all depends. Um, but we should be able to get to the number three pick 
a nine. So, um, and we would still have a pick in the second and a pick in the third if we just do that, which I don't think is bad. Um, another positive about this draft class is they're deep in the positions I think we need. Quarterback, they're deep, so if we don't get one of the top two, we can get uh, like a day two pick. That to be good mm-hmm. um, in the second round, and also they're deep at wide receiver, so we might find a number number one wide receiver in the second round. Added to what we got, so you know if we don't get number one, maybe we have a group of number twos. You know, um, just imagine somebody like Dobbs, you know, or Reed just being our third or fourth receiver. That'd be a pretty good receiving group. So. Um, I know we need tackle too, but I'm, we might got to sign some iron free agency. It depends where we're picking at because we won't be able to get the top top guy. But we'll see what happens. But I just wanted to let everybody know. So as long as we picking within the ten top ten, we can move up to number three. And if we let a player go, we can kind of keep maybe an extra pick and uh, move up. So. Hoping for the beautiful future. Hoping for the beautiful future for this sucky season. All right, go pack, go. Yeah, so we're we're already to six. Um, and look, I mean, there's there's a lot of games that we could end up winning, and probably will win. So you know, every time this happened last year too, we start looking like, oh man, we could be pick number da 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 da, and then then we go on a win streak, and it's like, well, actually, we could get in the playoffs, and then we ruin that too. So usually that's how this goes. Twenty twenty two was hey, we're looking pretty good, and then it was, hey, we actually suck, and then it was, hey, we can maybe make the playoffs, and then it was, actually, we suck. So it's just it's just every time you find a thing to get excited about, they ruin it. But anyways, um, we're currently at six, which is pretty high. Arizona this week is playing Cleveland, probably not going to win, so they would be one and eight. The Carolina Panthers are playing the Indianapolis Colts. That is a very, very possible win. Either way, we need to be rooting for the Colts because it's still the Bears pick and we need the Carolina Panthers to go on an absolute tear and just start winning a bunch of games. They are only two and a half point underdogs. That is very, very winnable for them. Chicago is playing the Saints. The Saints are eight and a half point favorites, which isn't great, but you know, I mean, either way, it's kind of win-win. If if they lose, ha-ha, you suck. If they win, then they move on to, you know, three and six and we end up drafting higher than they do assuming we lose the giants are playing the raiders raiders are only one and a half point favorites so very possible that the giants end up winning which would put us ahead of them and the patriots are playing the commanders and are actually favorites in that game especially after washington just sold everybody off so um if the i mean if let's just say hypothetically new england and the giants and carolina and chicago win we could be with a loss as high as the number two pick by this week. I don't know who would be ahead of who as far as um, Green Bay and Carolina because we'd both be, actually, they would be two and six. We would be, oh yeah, they'd be two and six. We'd be two and six. How is that? They must have had their bye already. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's just just so we're, I mean, it's, it's possible. It's also possible we win and everybody else loses. And we're sitting at, uh, you know, pick 12 by the end of this week. But that's how tenuous it is. And and, the, and again, the fact of the matter is there's just a lot of bad football teams. So you look at it and it's like, well, the Giants suck. They're not going to lose. And the Bears suck. And the Panthers suck. Everybody sucks. So most of these teams are going up. I mean, New England right now is at 2-6 and six and has a pick higher than us and are three-point favorites in a game. <laughs> 
how is that even possible to suck as much as New England and be a three-point favorite? Because everybody sucks. I think it's all a ruse. I, I think defense isn't coming back. I think all the offenses are pretending they suck because they all just want Caleb Williams. <laughs> I'm kidding. But we'll see. I mean, again, we're kind of in territory where everything that happens can be construed, construed as positive or negative, right? I mean, if, if the Packers win, then it's hopefully at least a positive win where you could take something away from it. Like, hey, maybe this is like a turning point for Jordan and for the offense and like things are actually, you know, it'd be great. Um, and if we lose, then it's like, hey, that, uh, those top picks are right there. You know, we're, we're a couple bad weeks away from being pretty well locked up in, in the top, uh, top three picks as it is. So we'll see how it goes. Lots of football left could go in a lot of different directions. Hey, Ryan, Peter from Milwaukee. What's up? I haven't called much in this season because I wanted to get a bigger picture of the team and the coaching staff and obviously the direction moving forward. I now think we have that direction. But it wasn't created by the players or even the coaches. I think it was created by management this week. When nobody had answers, Murphy and Gutekunst did. LaFleur and Barry and all the coaches had no answers. It got me thinking of what truly motivates the player to perform their hardest. It's simple. It's money. Money motivates everyone. These young guys are making the most money they've ever seen and are complacent with their pay, knowing that they have their jobs on their rookie contracts and have time to show out. And the older guys are complacent in receiving their big paychecks, thinking they will remain on the team due to their big contracts so they can, quote, relax. But when Rizul was traded this week, this changed everything. Management set a standard. If you don't perform well, you're gone. Even if you do perform well and are a leader on the team, you can still be gone. We don't need to pay you unless you can prove it. We can replace you just as fast as you came onto this team. I'm glad they traded a player. Unfortunately, it was Rizul, but they did to set this example. I'm also happy for Rashawn that he got paid. They set another example in how hard work is rewarded and he definitely deserved it. Battled back from injury and putting up great numbers and effort week in and week out. He's a dynamic leader on the team. Management said if you want to be a part of this team and get that paycheck, you follow Rashawn's work ethic and his demeanor. My only worry is that once Rashawn is paid, he starts to relax. I don't think that's how his engine works, but only time will tell. Let's hope both of these moves set the tone moving forward. Something needed to happen. Peace out. Go Pack. Yeah, I hadn't really considered that, but it, it's just a, it is another sort of positive thing here. And a lot of people see it as a negative, like you know, you threaten people and then they just just you know resent you as a GM or whatever. I don't know, but I did make the comment about you know when this happened, it really should have sent a, sh- a shiver down a lot of people's spines, from Matt Lafleur to a lot of guys. And and that is a good point. I mean, if Razul is not safe, who is? Um. And you got to understand that that this guy is he's he's a different breed. You know, I I don't know that Ted Thompson would have necessarily been the same. He he especially toward the end there tended to kind of hold on to people, maybe more so than than he did earlier on. There was I think a lot of complacency, and I think that's exactly what Brian Gutekunst gutted in 2018 was this sort of toxic um they're never going to get rid of me attitude. So I don't know how much that played into the decision to move on from Razul. But I think it is going to end up being a byproduct, this feeling of, first of all, sending a very clear message, we're tearing this down. And ultimately, nobody should feel safe. 
not safe enough that that you should feel that you can be complacent. Now, obviously, some guys, it's like, we just paid them. They're not going anywhere. But at the same time, you know, it's not going to be long. It's it's a year, two years before we can move on and make absolutely certain that's exactly what's going to happen as soon as we can. It's It's a culture shift thing, something that I feel like the Packers have been trying to build for a long time, and it just hasn't been able to be instilled one way or another they haven't really found a person that can inspire everybody i i don't think aaron Rodgers was very good at it i think he's a good football player but wasn't really a good leader matt lafleur i don't think is a very inspiring person um i think everybody liked jordan love but i don't know that he necessarily was a rally the troops kind of guy and um considering things are not going well i don't think that that's necessarily a direction that's probably going to take hold so, yeah, I mean, it, it certainly was a message. And again, whether it was intended to be or not, it, it just is. I mean, it's, it's just we're, we're letting you know. Maybe we didn't want to let you know because we wanted you to be able to finish out the season, but the cat's out of the bag now. This is done. We are tearing this down. And you're right about the Rashawn thing. I mean, it's, it's, it's sort of a, you know, not, not like some people would suggest we should just trade everybody. No, it's nonsense. And guys like Rashawn are the kinds of guys we want around here. So he's going to get paid handsomely. So, again, I mean, it's not... Rashawn isn't exactly the poster boy of the guy you'd want to quote unquote make an example of, and I don't think that that's what was happening. But I, I think it again, it just sort of ends up being a byproduct of the situation, right? They, they probably didn't want to make it known that they were going to tear things down, but let's be honest, it was kind of evident anyways. And now it's just become blatantly obvious that that's the direction that they're going to go. And, and again, because it's Razul, as you said, probably fair to say that it's going to shake people a little bit more so than if it was just some kind of you know, not very vital player, causing people to think that they're probably, you know, I'm safe. I mean, you'll get rid of, uh, you know, Zane Anderson or something, but you're not going to get rid of me. Kind of all bets are off when one of like three good players is uh, is shipped off. Anyways, I got to leave it at that, guys. It is uh, my daughter's birthday, and uh, we're going to be getting some stuff going here pretty soon. So I got to make sure that... We can do all those kinds of fun things. So you guys have a good rest of your day, and I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.